The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here to help you discover the key of life and open doors to opportunity. And how am I going to do that? (laughs) Well, um, by sharing the hour with my guest, whose name is Randolph Rogers, and he is the author of a brand new book called The Key of Life, A Metaphysical Investigation. Now, I promise that you will not look at your own life the same way again after you hear today's show. You will be amazed at some of the seeming coincidences that you will now realize um, are more than coincidences. In fact, they may well be pointing you towards your life's purpose. He's going to take you on his amazing journey. And, Randy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Lieberman. Um, Carol, or... <laughs> what? I said, and Carol, I met you at <laughs> the party for the first Carol. time the other okay, night. Okay. It was uh, a good time um, to be out there. Uh, I, I, before you start talking about your book... I thought you could give sort of a thumbnail sketch of who you are so that people don't think that I have just um, <laughs> emptied one of the state hospitals, if I could still find one, and um, brought out a lunatic to talk about some of the things that you talk about because I'm sure as you uh, go on your tour, or perhaps already, you have met a number of people who maybe they're, they don't tell you to, the, to your face, but are thinking, is this, is this guy for real? Uh, people who don't know you. Um, so why don't you just give us a little thumbnail sketch about who you are aside from being the author of this book. Well, I'm, first of all, I'm a, a photographer. I've been a photographer for uh, 40 years now, next year, professionally. And uh, I started out at a newspaper back in uh, Pennsylvania and went into television a year later. They offered, uh, was owned by the same people as a newspaper, and they offered me a job in TV. So that started me on a career in television news as a photojournalist. And I worked um, in Pennsylvania for two years and then in Phoenix in the market there with two stations for 13 years. And then the network, NBC, hired me out here in Los Angeles. So I moved out here in to, uh, 1986 was uh, uh, when I started with them. And I worked for about five years with uh, the network here, traveling around doing all kinds of shows and stories that you, a lot of the people have seen. I was up on the Exxon Valdez oil spill. I covered the uh, earthquake up in uh, San Francisco with them. I was oh, climbed Mount Whitney with a 90-year-old lady. I covered the Voyager flight that went around the world and with, uh, not ref- with not refueling the plane back in 86 when they did that. But, so I covered a lot of the na- uh, national stories of the day for them. 
But then uh, the news business was changing, and I decided to go into television production. I uh, get out of the television production and go into the motion picture production end of it, and started doing the making of and how they shot these movies. And and one thing led to another, and that led to uh, my company that I started, Telefilm Inc. And I became uh, uh, more of a uh, working with the marketing arm of the all the studios doing what's called the press junkets for these movies. So we work with the movie stars every weekend shooting the different uh, different releases that are coming out. So we've done everything. One of the biggest we did was uh, with Disney was Pearl Harbor down in uh, Hawaii, and that was a huge budget out on the aircraft carrier and promoted that movie for them. But we set up the cameras, lighting, and the background for the uh, all these interviews you see on television every day. When the movie starts talking about their movie, it comes from one of these kind of companies. And and you're still doing that today, right? And I'm still doing that today, along with other things. We have a uh, have a sound stage here in Los Angeles, and we have other productions going on that we're we're involved in. So we we kind of have branched off in a lot of different directions, along with post production too that we do. Okay, so you're employed or self-employed, and you um, putting aside people's ideas that Hollywood is crazy, um, and, and you do work, you know, with Hollywood, the entertainment industry. You know, you are gainfully employed and and um, doing things that do require you to uh, have a rational mind every day. Right. A creative and rational mind. Okay. Now, now that we've established that, um, why don't you start with your story? How the key of life, a medical, a metaphysical investigation, was born? Well, I, I moved into a new house that I had built over here in uh, on the bluffs right above uh, Marina Del Rey, and and it was June 23rd, 1995, I just moved in that day, and I was back in my office, I had a separate building I put in the back that's now my post-production area uh, of the business, I still have that back there, and when I was looking out the window, I had this thought that a friend of mine, I was watching the sunset, and this thought clearly came into my head that a friend of mine had passed away, and this was somebody I hadn't seen in 20-some years, and, and, and she and I had gone to grade school, to a Catholic grade school together. Well, this started me on a year-long search looking for her without telling anyone because I, I didn't want anybody to think exactly what you're talking about. I didn't want anybody to think I had gone off the deep end or had lost my mind, but I couldn't get it out of my mind that she was gone. And, and at, at the end of that year, um, events started to take place that became very synchronistic to me. And one of them was that I had a reunion coming up, and I thought, well, if I'm having a reunion, she has to have one too. And so I started looking for her through contacts I had back east that would find where she was having this reunion. Well, in the meantime, um, at the same time, I uh, was given an assignment to do, which uh, was a job on a, for the Fire and Ice Ball, which is a huge ball out here in Hollywood on breast and ovarian cancer. They were raising funds for that, and I was going to produce this little mini documentary for it. Well, I'm, I'm starting to work on that, and I'm looking for Kathy, and I got a hold of a few people from her high school, and one of them told me she, they heard she had passed away, but they had no details, and the newsman in me wouldn't let that go. I mean, they couldn't even tell me where, when, why, or how she died. And and then after I interviewed them some more, they didn't even know for sure if she had. They just heard a rumor, and I didn't believe anything it has to do with rumors. So, uh, And the second guy I got hold of had heard nothing. So that night I went to bed. It was July 5th of uh 96 now, and I had a dream, and in this dream, I was out in Palm Springs, and, and Kathy was in the background calling out to me to find out what happened to her and tell these four friends she had gone to grade school with. 
Well, I then wake up and write the note down. Well, I woke up at 2 in the morning, and that's the first time I'd ever done anything like that, and wrote the details of this dream down. Then I went back to bed, and that's when I hadn't fallen asleep, and I had this floating sensation where I could view myself. I was floating above my body, and looking down in the bed, I could see my wife and myself, yet Kathy was next to me and telling me where she is, that she's not passed away, and that she's this spirit now, and it engulfs this place that we're in. And I'm just trying to make heads or tails out of why she's trying to get in contact with me. Well, I started to float back down into my body, and as I did, she was repeating these words of, fill my spirit, it's what makes us as one. And as I got heavier, I got down in my body and woke up the next morning, and I had written that down on the sheet of paper that I had stuck on the bed next to me. I reached over and wrote it down and then went to sleep. Well, the next day when I read all this, I realized that it really wasn't a dream, that I had gotten up and done this. And so I went and called my mother and told her at that point that I had been having dreams for a year now looking for her. And that started her on the search, and to jump ahead to the end of the month, uh, my mom found her sister, who was a nun in Pittsburgh, and said that I was interested in getting in touch with Kathy. Well, the nun said, well, she started to tell her this, but Kathy passed away from ovarian cancer. Well, I realized right away, you know, I'm working on a video on ovarian cancer, and this is no coincidence. And that's what the newsman in me told me. So that started me on this quest to find out what, why she was contacting me, and that's where the book takes off from that point. Now, to go back, um, I think it would be helpful to explain what your relationship was like with Kathy when you knew her as a child. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I, I do talk about that in the book a lot. I go back and I, I talk about how I'd known her, and, and I met her when we were in grade school. We were in... Uh, in Sacred Heart Elementary School, and I had just moved out to the uh, country, and I think I was in uh, third, halfway through second grade when I moved out there. And the first time I saw her, I felt this connection to her, but I never, I never dated her, never even kissed her. I never did. I just was good friends with her, and I cared a lot about her. And as we grew up, and I went on to public school, she went to Catholic High. Um, I just see her at church on Sunday and, and things like that. But then one Sunday, I heard from the priest had said that Kathy was in the hospital and had Hodgkin's disease. Well, I immediately got in my car the next day I had off, went down to visit her, and uh, that was one of the last times I saw her. I, when, I told her when she got out of the hospital, I'd take her out, and uh, I took her out on a, that January when she got out and was recovering. She had lost all her hair, and she got over the Hodgkin's, and, but I took her out, and that was the last time I saw her was back in 1973, in January of 73, and we stayed in touch with uh, Christmas cards over the years, and then hers came back in 1980, and I hadn't heard from her again since, and and until the dream started. And the the amazing thing was when I the dreams and the details I wrote down. As you go through the book, you'll see how accurate everything was that I had uh, told in the story. Well, now um, you describe your your meeting of her, seeing her across the playground, essentially in third grade. Um, as really quite an overwhelming experience, that it was it was kind of a pure love that you felt for her. 
Right. Yeah, oh, the, uh, immediately when I saw her, she just stood out from everyone else in that playground. And there was this connection we had that I didn't understand at the time. I mean, it, it was this pure love, and it was and it rose beyond anything romantic that, you know, I had to be her girlfriend or date her or something. There was something beyond that that went, uh, that was this connection between the two of us. And, and this, that's where the story takes you along this path as I discover who we were, how we were connected, and why we had such a an attraction for each other and that went beyond the bounds of every, anything on this earth you know well as you um, go on to describe you know what happened next um, because that was one of the questions I had in the you know because there was this um, as you'll be explaining this this incredible connection that and she chose you to to come back to and and so on. It, it perplexed me as to why you didn't have um, uh, more of a romantic relationship, you know, obviously not in grade school, but when you were both in high school or after you took her out after the Hodgkins, for example. Well, you know, I look back at that, all, and, and it could have had to do with our Catholic upbringing and how we were raised, because I do talk about that a little bit. And, and being back in that setting of the 60s and you're in this Catholic school and, and anything you do that's out of line with the rules and the regulations, the way they, they taught you back then, um, you, you know, you were going to go to hell for it, basically, is what they're telling you. So it, when, you're, when you're under those kind of restraints of things, um, you just don't go up to a girl and start telling her your, your purest thoughts about what you think about her. And maybe that was the reason I was in that setting, because as the story plays out, it, I mean, and it, is a, it does become, a, on one level, a love story. At the very end of it, you'll see a, 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 the, how the whole thing is tied together by love. But you'll get to this. That you'll get to this understanding that that everything happens the way it's supposed to. And and I all I cared about was her well-being. And once I knew that she had gotten past the Hodgkins, I knew I had things to do in this life, and I went forward with what I had to do. And she went her way. And it wasn't that we didn't think about each other or those thoughts didn't occur, but. Everything happened the way it was supposed to, and I, I mean, believe me, I, I started to beat myself up over this when I found out what happened to her, that I could have done something or changed something, and, and that's not true. You really, you're, you're on a path in your life, and, and things are going exactly the way they're supposed to. Well, okay, <clears throat> we're probably going to be coming up at a break now, but um, I, that's where I'd like you to, to go from here, to sort of tell us where this where this quest took you beyond sure. finding out that, in fact, she had died and had died coincidentally, in quotes, um, from uh, ca ovarian cancer that you were then doing a video on, um, the story gets even more interesting as, as you go on your journey. And so we'll hear more about that after the break. My guest is Randolph Rogers, his book, The Key of Life, A Metaphysical Investigation. And... The, uh, the story has really just begun. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With me today is Randolph Rogers. He's the author of the new book called The Key of Life, A Metaphysical Investigation. I read it and could not put it down. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night to continue reading it. Uh, And he has just begun telling us about what has sparked his journey uh, down this path to things as a news person he wouldn't have believed and was very skeptical of. So go ahead, Randy, continue with your story. Sure. Well, that the news person in me, that's what also helped me to see these connections and these signs that started leading me down the path. And and people would always say to me throughout my life, oh, did you ever think you'd be working in Hollywood with these people and that? Well, and these stars and doing this and that. And, and I'd say the... 
the funny thing is, when I got into my career, I kind of just like jumped in the river and went where it took me. I didn't fight too hard about things. I just went in the direction it was taking me. And it's and your life goes a lot easier than that than trying to beat down a door that's not going to open for you. And and uh, I think that's some of the things you learn when you get through the book is to start looking for these signs. And that's what started occurring with me as as this story unfolded. I started seeing a synchronistic pattern that happened with every thing in my life on a daily basis and one of these one pattern after another led me to this russian acupuncturist and i i had no belief in this my belief system was completely opposite of anything metaphysical in fact i didn't even know what term metaphysical meant pretty much and and a lot of the things involved with it regressions and past lives and all this uh stuff was just uh, fiction to me and I was led to a, a Russian woman who could put some needles in me and and tell me and I could tell her where you know what this was all about supposedly. Well, I went in to see her one day after I had been clearly given these signs to, that I had to be in her office. And when I got in, started to tell her the story of what was happening to me. I started to say, "Well, I'm working on this cancer video." Well, she stops me and says, "Oh, my mom's got breast cancer really badly, and but she's in this great program at UCLA." And she starts to tell me about the program that I'm shooting the video on. Well, I knew right away that, you know, I'm in a city of 14 million people surrounding me here and, and that this, I'm in the office with a woman who's in the program, whose mom's in the program I'm shooting and everybody would say, what a coincidence. But that's what, there are no coincidences in your life. And so I let her put these needles in me and that took me down the rabbit hole faster than you could ever imagine. I was, I, it's like a projector turns on your head, and you're in another life and a time, and you start describing it. Okay, but wait a second. Yeah. I've had acupuncture from time to time for various things, from a cold to uh, to some kind of muscle pain or whatever. I have never gone to another plane, no less yeah. um, think that I saw myself as a... Um, you know, as, as someone in a past life. Now, what was she putting in those needles, yeah. on those needles that well, she was twisting into you? Well, that, uh, the, the acupuncturist's name is Lucy Postoloff, and she's the most incredible person I've met in my life. Uh, and unless you've been to see her, you haven't, I mean, you, you'll never, you'll change your mind immediately once she puts four simple needles in you and these, and these two, two go in your wrist just below your, um, like two fingers down from the palm of your hand, and two go in the arch of your feet. And then she starts you on this breathing. There's nothing in the needles. There's nothing going on. And you just start take a breath, hold it, let it go. I describe the whole thing. And boom, I mean, it just turns on. She's telling you you're going to see these hollow doors, and there's these doors. And one of them's going to open. And when you go through that door, you start describing what you're seeing. And it's not just describing an image you see. You're there. I mean, it, you, I could feel, touch taste, I mean, anything that was there, I could smell the, 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 the scent in the air of, of wood burning when you were near that. You were, it was the most incredible journey I'd ever been on, and I, I, was a, um, I was taken back by it when it happened. I wasn't expecting anything like this to occur, and Lucy, I just saw her the other day because I took the book over to show her that what I had written, and and I started to ask her because I never asked her how she learned to do this or how she and she had it happened much the same way and I don't know if some of the uh, listeners out there have read the book by uh, Dr. Brian Weiss um, uh, his uh, series of books on all the uh, 
regression sessions that he had done with hypnosis. And this is the same type of thing where he had regressed some patients and uh, taking them in their childhood back to see what happened in their childhood, and all of a sudden they jumped back and started telling about past lives. And it was his book called Many Lives, Many Masters. Well, the same thing happened with Lucy. When she started, she had put some needles in somebody who was supposed to be an epileptic, uh, having epileptic seizures. And Lucy didn't believe they were, and she put these needles in and started taking her back to see what happened. And all of a sudden she jumped back to it and started telling past life stories and getting better. And from that point on, Lucy figured out that it was this placement of the needles and this breathing pattern that she got them into that they could get easily go back and start talking about things that occurred. And I'll tell you, I was not a believer until I did this. And what made me a believer wasn't just telling the stories. It was when I told the stories and then came home and found out they were tied into my present-day life in ways. That's what is so stunning in the book. That's what makes the hair on your arm stand up, is how I tied all my past lives into my present life, including Lucy's, telling her who she was and then proving it. Well, could you give us an example of that? Uh, let's see. Well, the... Uh, the first one is probably the most emotional one, and that's where I was trying to understand how Kathy and I were tied together. And so it was my second regression session that I was doing with her, and I, and I end up in front of this gated um, castle. Uh, I'm standing on a drawbridge of a castle, and I'm describing this place, and I'm telling them I'm in the 1560s, and I'm a girl, and I'm in England. And in that regression, I run down into the... Um, town into the market square and I see Kathy and she's my twin sister and I start describing how I'm a girl and it's the 1560s and I describe this place in detail in England. Well, I came out of the session and I was just so stunned by the whole thing and that's where I don't want to go into the details of what Kathy said to me and why we were connected because it all takes place in that meeting and you can read about it in the book but I came out of the session saying boy I wish I could get over to England I know I could see this place I know this place existed and I had no jobs in England lined up for any time and in fact I had stuff with Madonna to do in, in December for the movie Evita and out of nowhere, Sly Stallone calls up and wants to go around the world doing this movie, Daylight, and we're going to go completely around the world in a week, two days in Japan, a day in Paris, two days in London, and I'm only going to have one day off. It's going to be the one day in, uh, the extra day in London. And I saw that clearly as a sign that I could get over there. And so on that trip, I took off on a train the day I had off and went north in England and found this castle, and everything was where I, I said it would be. Well, but no, there were some other, um, in other sessions, you were, you saw yourself as um, the son of a pharaoh, for right. example. Now, why is it that, um, and how is it, I mean, because, because I'll let you talk about sure. what you think the significance of these past life regressions are, I mean, what that actually means, but how is it that um, when people talk about that, I mean, when people claim to have to have had these past life regressions, that they are usually, at least in in some of their lives, they are um, something. They're not just a peasant. I mean, they might be a peasant in one right. past life, which I was. You know, the first one I was a peasant, and then the next one I was somebody else. But the funny thing is, I think you would be shocked at who you had been, and and not only that, I think that. 
everyone can be multiples of the same person. I mean, I, I think there are, are a lot of people out there that have been Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, and you can well, play whatever role you want. And when you when you read this book, it gets into this uh, physics understanding of how this world works and these multiple universe theories that all the scientists are putting out there now, that if there is no time and space beyond this dimension that we're in right now, we create this time and space and the stuff around us that we think is real, it's all created by us to, to play out these roles that we're playing in. And when you jump back out of here, you can go back into another life. You could go back in and play your, your sister in this life the next time around and because it's a never-ending cycle. This doesn't stop. It, it's, it's not that it played once and it's over. It's a continuous loop going on, and you're, you're jumping in and out of the program, basically. So that, that thing where if everybody says, well, this person said that, that um, they, they were George Washington, and this right. other person saying, well, no, he was too, and, right. and, and, and you've heard Shirley MacLaine talk about all these people she was. They were. I, I'm telling you, they it would, you would be shocked if you found out how many of these characters you've played because it's just a big play we're in. And it's to, and the whole purpose of it is to gain on a spiritual level. The, the, you're not really uh, Dr. Carol Lieberman. You're playing Dr. Carol Lieberman in this lifetime. But the spirit inside of you is who you truly are. And when you, when you go back out of this life and you go into the next one, because of what you gained from playing the role of Dr. Lieberman in his life, you, grow, you grew uh, tremendously on a spiritual level. And, that just, and that's what this is all about. It's, it's taking this knowledge back, and, and on one level, you grew, but on a level, everyone grew, too, because there's a universal consciousness involved, too, because when you're on this other side, you're all part of this greater being. And people want to call it God or whatever you want to call it, but it's all of us combined into this one spiritual entity. And that's where I was taken on this journey. Journey As I went in and out of these lives, I, I went beyond just past lives. Well, you, you, know, you kind of leave one speechless. I mean, that is kind of a hard, um, that is sort of a hard concept, I think, not only to grasp, but to want to believe because each of us has so much invested in being who we are. I mean, I don't want someone coming in and being Dr. Carol, <laughs> not after all the hard work I've put. Hey, we can talk about this. that after the break, I think. <laughs> well, when we come back, we'll talk more. My guest is Randolph Rogers. He's certainly making you think, and his book is called The Key of Life, A Metaphysical Investigation. So stay tuned. I'm your psychiatrist host. I am Dr. Carol Lieberman, and we'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On 
the web at skillsusa.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times do you want help then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with Randolph Rogers, the author of the new book, The Key of Life, A Metaphysical Investigation. Now, at this point, there are some people listening who are thinking to themselves, this is the psychotic ramblings of a man going through midlife crisis. That could be what you might think, but um, I, my company's still running. I'm still going. I'm nothing is nothing has changed there. I still go about my job every day, and <laughs> and it was an investigation that just took five years out of it to uh, get to the bottom of what it was, and then then that changes everything after that. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you that. This started in 1995, right. and when did you start writing the book? Well. I immediately, the newsman, well, the night I wrote that dream down, that was the beginning of writing the book, mm-hmm. I guess. But I wrote, I was keeping notes and a journal. I wasn't really writing a book at that point, but I was keeping what I learned as a newsman to do is keep notes of everything that happened right. because you're going to need to go back and look at this. And, and so I started, every night I'd write what happened that day, and especially when I started with the regression sessions with Lucy, I was, I'd write dr- down dreams, too, that were occurring, trying to see if there was any significance in those. And so I have tons of reams of paper and then interviews with everyone that I did on tape and things like that that went down. I, I kept a journal of everything. And so why did it take you so long to put it together in a book? Well, the, the book really didn't, the, the final proof of the signs didn't come about until this last year, a year ago in the, 
January, I would say that the ending was coming. I could feel the ending of the book coming. Everything I do now is on a feeling. Rather than, that's the one tip I can offer to people out there is when you do things in your life, don't think about them too much. Go with your gut. Use your instincts, and they're guiding you in the right direction. That when you have a feeling to do something, you have a feeling to call someone or say something to somebody, don't hold it back. Do that then because there's a reason you're being told to do that. Don't don't hold back on what's coming to you from a inner feeling. And uh, that's uh, that's probably the best advice I can give to someone out there on how to uh, do it. But the reason it, it took so long was I was waiting and for this end to come. Plus, I was only working on it when I was traveling between here and New York. Because, like you said, I had a I mean I have a job here and it's it's huge. I'm running a company and we're doing all these productions and I, I didn't have time to just stop my life and I was doing this on the side in between it. So. That's and, why it took that long. And, and uh, do you not want to give away what the final well, thing was? That well, I don't want to give away the ending because <laughs> I, I think okay. that would ruin the book for people on how okay. the, how well, the let, ending came out. I can guarantee you when you read it, you won't be disappointed in how it ends. And then beyond that, I mean, it ends on a chapter 32. And that chapter, then after that, there's a postscript and an epilogue that will tell you, bring you current day, and then show you because if you like – the Dan Brown book out there that's fiction about symbols. This, that's what is in this book. There's symbols hidden on the cover. In fact, if you have the cover in front of you right now, mm-hmm. you should be able to look at that cover, uh, Carol, and yeah. see the end of the story in the cover. And once I show it to you, and I, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen anyone see it yet, but once I show it to them, they they can't look at anything else but that when they look at the cover then. Mm. That's all they see when they see the cover, and it was right in front of your eyes the whole time. And that's what I try to tell people. This stuff is in front of your eyes all day long. You're walking around, and you're missing it. And well, now, that's yes. What that's, I think that's... Uh, when you get done reading it, you're going to start seeing a lot of things happening in your life that you were missing. Well, okay, that's one of the things that you're – Trying to make people aware of right. this book, all of that we that it's not just you that you that um, this happened to you at this time, and, and you want people to know about it. But it's it's really something that happens to all of us. Now, um, you you compare uh, well, basically what you're saying. I'm trying to sort of translate this um, because I know we're talking about a lot of stuff in a relatively short period of time. Basically what you're saying is that there are different planes of life, like uh, tuning into a radio or tuning into a television station, where there are all these other stations going on at the same time. Right. People want to know what happens after you die. And I'm trying to tell them, when Kathy came to me, she was telling me, you don't really die, and you don't. It's like switching the dial on your radio station. I mean, you're sitting in an office, it's bombarded with radio and TV, and if you have the tuner set, you can watch this one or tune to another one. Same thing when you pass away. You're in this body of of Randy Rogers or, or Dr. Carol Lieberman, and when you pass away, you don't go, your body quits. It's like a car that stops, but you get out of it, and you switch to another frequency. You're, you're still here. You're still here around us, but you're engulfing this place. That's what's incredible is that how you're overlaid over top of this, this area that we think is huge. We think this universe is massive. It's nothing but the speck in a gnat's eye. And that's, you'll read about how I understood that and came to find that in this, in these sessions that I went through with, uh, uh, the acupuncturist and where she took me. But these these levels of existence that we're on, 
they all overlap this these worlds that we're in. I mean, we're we're in this world right now. The minute we're off of it, we didn't go anywhere. We just changed frequencies. And if you could, and, and the thing is, when you're in this world, you can communicate with these other worlds by looking at these signs that are going on in your life. That's how they're communicating with us. And when you walk around, I mean, I pointed out to everyone. I pointed it out to a good friend of ours the other day in Chicago. We were walking to an interview at WGN. We were five minutes from going across the street, and I got a call from my publicist saying, hey, the interview's been shut off. And normally you'd start to get upset about that. And I said, it's okay, it's fine, and I knew it was a reason. Well, Ginny, my publisher, was with me. She started getting ramped up and needed to talk to the publicist, and let me have her. And she grabs the phone and starts to walk away, and I was standing there with the other, the main publisher, uh, Paul. He's standing next to me, and I said, you see Ginny gone all crazy here about this? I said, and and." She's missing the sign right in front of her, and I pointed up to the ceiling, and there was a picture of Chicago with a dome over it, a futuristic shot with a dome over the city of Chicago. And I said, what was Ginny talking about all morning at breakfast? And all Ginny had talked about that morning at breakfast, before we ever went out that day, was how she'd move back to Chicago if they would put a dome (laughs) over the city, like the futuristic cities they make, and it would be warm, and they'd only open it five days a year, and she'd go there if it was domed. And then... When this occurred, this this stopped us in that to make that uh, take that call right underneath a photo of the city of Chicago with a dome over it. And I said, this occurs every day to everyone, and that was to show you that. I mean, I, I can clearly point it out. If I walked around with anyone for one day, I could show them what they're missing in a day. Yes, but what was that supposed to show her? It was supposed to show her that don't don't get upset. We're making a little turn here, and the WGN thing isn't occurring because we had something more important to do. And that led us to another thing in Chicago, which it, everything just fell right into place. I started showing her how these things fell into place. Uh-huh. I said, you don't get upset, especially when people are mean to you or you think that somebody's forcing you out of your life or whatever's going on, those things, they are pushing you on your path. I mean, I I think you probably read that in the book of how I understood why my wife would not come in line with me on my thinking on this and why we were butting heads. The end of the story would have have never ended up the way it is if if I would have listened to her and just dropped the whole thing. Well, yes. Actually, that was really rather interesting that, I mean, first of all, you didn't seem to get a clue, though, before you, before all these signs, that, um, I mean, aside from some of the other problems that there right. were with your second wife, um, you know, any woman would be a bit put out, not only because of, I mean, in her case, it was that she didn't understand all this metaphysical stuff, and it was just kind of irritating to her right. because it was confusing, but it was that, to her, it was that you were obsessed with this first love, in a sense. Well, yeah, but it wasn't. I, the funny thing is, I don't know how you can feel threatened by someone who's passed away, you know. Well, and it's not like I'm longing for anything other than to understand why this connection was. And that's what I was trying to. I mean, through the whole book, I'm trying to figure out what was going on and why. And I mean, I figured that out pretty quickly in the first session why. But then I wanted to understand what. What else there was more beyond that, what this key of life was about, and that's what the search was through the whole book as I went along. And you know the funny thing is that after this all ended and and things went the way they did with my wife, and you'll see what happens at the end of the book, but she would call, she'd come into work then and tell me 
that you won't believe this, but I, I had this stuff start to happen mm. to me. Mm. And she'd tell me stories about how she went to go for a walk with the dog and was ready to step off the sidewalk, and something inside her said, no, don't do that. And she held back instead of stepping off, and a car came flying by. She said, you know, Randy, if I'd have stepped off that sidewalk, I'd have been killed. Mm-hmm. But something told me, don't do it, and I listened to it. And I said, that's you listening to that inner, that, that is not just your inner thoughts. You're being guided all the time. And when you listen to those things, now, if, if somebody's telling you to go out there and rob a bank, I don't think that's a, I mean, <laughs> there are there are people that do have things come into their heads that right. aren't good. But uh, for the most part, when it's telling you something that you really feel from your gut that, um, that not, you didn't think it, it just came into you, that it's coming from a source that I think you want to listen to. Well, you know, when we come back, I would like you to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we're talking about these different planes. And right. I don't know whether you make distinctions between um, between dreams and past life regressions. And you talk about how um, the time of the transfer of spirit, the time that one's spirit is being transferred, is during dreams and birth and death. And I'm not sure how oh, you... Oh, okay, I can explain some more about that. ...how right. you put all that together. But, you know, it is interesting. We've all had the experience of having dreams and feeling that they were so real, like waking up in the middle of the night or in the morning and feeling as though certain dreams more than others... But um, that something was so real about it, and we can't shake it off. Right. And and of course, as a psychiatrist and a and a Freudian or a psychoanalytic psychiatrist, um, you know, I interpret dreams all the time. But you know, the more and more, I've sort of begun to feel that maybe dreams aren't just the royal road to the unconscious, but they really are some other kind of plane. We'll talk more about that when we come back. My guest is Randy Rogers. His book is The Key of Life. A metaphysical investigation, so stay tuned for more. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it, that's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy 
easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Son, we got to talk about drinking. I know. I don't want you touching alcohol till you're old enough. Yeah, I, I know, Dad. It's not a big deal. Don't yeah, I know me, okay? And it is a big deal. Underage drinking is just stupid. Yeah, well, why'd you do it? Look, I did it because we didn't know what we know now. Alcohol affects kids differently, okay? When kids drink, it's more dangerous. And you're my kid. And just because they drink doesn't mean you have to. I, I know. I know. Look, son, I'm trying to help. I've seen what it does. I mean, you may think you can handle it, but when you drink, it screws up your judgment. Listen to me. This is real. I, I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you from the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I know that must it must seem like that to many of you, but I, you're also beginning to uh, hopefully catch on to some of these truths. I think that example, Randy, that you gave um, was very good. as something you know that had just happened to you in Chicago because people can kind of relate to that. Oh, that's why I like to tell those stories because then people can immediately turn and relate it to their own life and and um i've had so i've had a lot more than that happened and 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 and, and people say that to me all the time does this still occur to you even though that you know you wrote the story and i understand everything that happened there does this still happen to you every day and, yes. and i say oh uh, undeniably every day every, every day and and then one example i give is five years ago or six years ago this december i almost died i was on a shoot doubled up in pain i had a gallstone that had passed into my bile duct and and that's fatal i mean it, if, if you have acute pancreatitis 98 percent fatality rate they take me in the hospital and they don't think i'm going to make it but i pull through uh, third uh, six weeks in the hospital no food or water only on ivs and then home for three months same thing no food water and I'm not doing well. I'm back at home. I'm running a fever. I have to go in for more surgery. And my dad had passed away a few months earlier. My mom calls me up the night before I go in for surgery, and she's all upset. Says, "Well, I asked Dad to be with you and to watch over you, and he said he's going to be next to you." And and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, Mom, that's great." And so I get wheeled into surgery the next day, and the doctor walks up to me and says, "Hi, I'm Bob Rogers. I'm your anesthesiologist." Well, I look up, I mean, that's my dad's name. Same spelling, he has a name tag on. And I said, of course you are. I couldn't expect anything else in my life. My mom said my dad was going to be next to me. She asked him to be here, and he's there. Well, and I knew that. That's the kind of signs I'm telling you that they do from the other side. When you're communicating, they, that your events in your life will manipulate into these symbols showing you that that's what you thought of. I thought of my dad, and that was him saying hello. 
Well, jump ahead to just a few weeks ago. I had a producer in my office related the same story to him. We were talking about what kind of questions people ask, and I told him this one. And I said, you know, I'd really like to hear from my dad like that again. I said, I feel him around me, but I haven't had a sign like that one again. I got home that night, three hours later, in my head, I'm hearing, go check your email. Well, I didn't, I couldn't get on the internet. The internet was clogged up, so I sat in a chair and I started to ignore it. But it kept on persisting, no, no, check your email. So I pulled out my cell phone, I opened it up, download the emails onto my cell phone, open up, open up the emails to look at them. The first one is from Bob Rogers. I about dropped the phone. Now, the only Bob Rogers I knew was my dad, and I'm thinking, how could he possibly have gotten to a computer terminal on the other side? Well, this one came from a fellow in Evanston, Illinois. Now, you can call this irony, but that's just where I started this book tour, was I was back there in Evanston, staying just outside of Evanston, Illinois. That's where I was going on my tour. But the reason this guy was calling me, and this is where the story gets interesting, he was looking for a good friend of his named Steve Crow, who was also a World War II plane uh, nut. He flew a lot of World War II planes, and I have those. And we both hung out at Whiteman together. He worked at, at, at Steve and I had worked at NBC together. Well, I'm known to this guy. Steve had died in November, and I had shot the memorial service with this B-25 and posted it on my YouTube account. Now, this guy went on the air that on the internet that day looking for Steve. When he typed it in, he found my YouTube video of it. Mm-hmm and calls me saying, what happened to Steve? I guess he passed away. Well, I told him what happened. I said, beyond that, I said, you, you were answering a message. I asked for my dad to say hello to me, and you contacted me. And I, wanted, I said, I investigate this stuff. I said, what made you do this? Why did you go on the Internet that day? And this is what he told me. He said, Steve came into my head that day, and mm-hmm. I just had to go look for him. And I said, well, you know, this wasn't just my dad. I said, it's my dad and Steve. They're on this other level that I talk about. The two of them go together to say hello to me. I said, Steve said hello, my dad said hello, and Steve said hello to you. I said, and that's, and he was just had chills when he realized how it all worked. And I said, this happens every day in everyone's life. I'm sure there are uh, a lot of the viewers out there can tell stories about People have passed on, and, and they've sensed or smelled or felt something and made them think of them. Well, that was what this was. It's, it's tuning to that other frequency by using your feelings. Okay, but are you saying that um, the, the, what is the point of all this? Are you saying that the point is for people on these other planes um, to be showing that they're, is it supposed to be comforting that well, they're showing that they're still there or they're still in touch well, or they're yeah. how is this directing someone you know well once you understand that you're, why I mean because people go through their life saying what is this all about why am I here what is the point of this you know why am I suffering or why well you're growing on this spiritual level and once you understand that you don't die I mean that's the main part of it is that you will not disappear. Your body, that Carol Lieberman will disappear, that part of it, but the essence of who drives Carol Lieberman, and that's who you really are. I mean, you feel that spirit when you look in the mirror every morning, you look at yourself, you feel something within you there that is making that body move every day and making you do the things you do. That's who you really are. That part of you does not die. That goes over to this other existence and then jumps in. It's like Shakespeare said, you know, all the world's a play and all the men and women are merely players. That's what we are. We're these spirits coming in and out of these lives and gaining. We're growing on us on our spiritual level by by experiencing these things. Especially the people that you see that you think are suffering the most. I mean, these people that are, have these 
I mean, they come in and they're quadriplegics or, or, or suffer through these various diseases, and you're thinking, oh, uh, how horrible. Those people are growing on a spiritual level faster than anyone else, I mean, because they took those roles on, because it took all the roles to make the play. I mean, the whole world, imagine the whole world being a play when we all know each other, and we're all here creating this big thing. It's like the biggest Hollywood movie production you can imagine, except we're all doing it together. Well, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot to think about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and I I know we just have a couple of minutes left, but um, you were going to say about the dream. What do you oh, think about dreams? Whenever you jump in and out of these dreams at night, and if you don't wake up and write it down, you, you it, by the end of the morning it's it's faded away. So that's a trick. It's a tough thing to do and get up and do it. But when you're going into this dream state, when you go to sleep at night, you're leaving your body. Your spirit is going out because it doesn't need to rest. And it's jumping through all these different, uh, these other different lives. I mean, you can, the, the amazing thing that's happening is when you're coming back in, you're dragging bits and pieces of all this with you back in. And you'll come in with, well, I was in this dream and I was doing this. And then the next thing I was on a mountain skiing. And then after I was skiing, I was riding a train down. And, and people think, oh, wow, what a bizarre dream. I did 15 different things. Well, you did, but you were doing them on other levels of existence while you were sleeping. I mean, what your spirit is capable of is that's what is truly amazing. How many things you're doing all at the same time. When I mean, when you when you go to sleep here, you're on another level somewhere else, and then you're back here and you're dragging pieces of it with you. And sometimes you and and that includes going into what's going to happen in your future life here. And that's what happened to me as I went along. I did a future life one, and that one just started to reveal itself last year. And I told the story 14 years ago what I was going to be doing. So that's going to be the next book, I guess. <laughs> you told the story 14, you mean 14 years ago. I went into the regression session, and one of the sessions I didn't go backwards. I went forwards, and I described events of what I would be doing when I was about in my late 50s to 60s, and I, and I, and I described building this town, and I described what it was like. And then a year ago, someone handed me this book that had to tie into the supernatural and all that. And when I started reading it, I realized it was where I had been 14 years ago in the thing. And that's when I was back in Chicago. I had a day off. I went down to investigate this, and everything was where I said it was in this town. And so now, I mean, I know where I'm going beyond this, where where the next part of it is. Very, very exciting. Now, now <laughs> tell everybody where they can get the book. Well, I mean, the book is out on Amazon, and it's on Barnes & Noble on the Internet. And the, fi- the book is coming out this Friday. The final uh, printing uh, will be up on Friday. Right now there's advanced copies out there that we have, but the, you want to wait till um, Friday and order it. And uh, it's Amazon, or you can go to our, our website at uh, thekeyoflife.net or randolphrogers.com. Um, either one of those will get you over to our site, and you can uh, pre-order it there. You can just uh, send me a note, and we can get it off to you. Okay, and that was RandolphRogers.com and TheKeyOfLife.net. And, of course, Amazon, and, and presumably it will soon be in all bookstores where books are sold. So, um, Randy, thank you very much for joining us. Well, I'm sure you, uh, you've, you've provided a lot of water-cooler conversation, and, and that's important because, uh, because this awareness, even I know there's going to be a lot of skepticism, but at least thinking about this is the first step. That's right, and 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 that's what I want to talk about in the book. Is that it's all of the truth. I didn't I didn't create any of this. I, the newsman in me wouldn't let me do it. I had to keep the notes and and only write what happened. Yes. 
Well, at least I want to suggest all of you listening, at least start noticing this in your life. Synchronicity, these things that are coming up that might well be signs um, pointing you in different directions of where you're supposed to be going. Or, at, at the very least, people sending you comforting signs from the other side. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.